When you need to refuel between meetings or running errands, or you just want a healthy snack that squashes your hunger, wonderful pistachios, which come in a variety of flavors and sizes, by the way, are the perfect choice to fill you up and keep you going throughout the day. Wonderful Pistachios is also a good source of protein and a zero-guilt snack. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, guys, which gives you over 10% of your daily value. And with flavors like salt and pepper, sweet chili, and seasoned salt in the shelled variety, options like chili roasted, sea salt, and vinegar or jalapeno lime in the no-shell variety, you're sure to please your taste buds while snacking healthy. So check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right, who has not taken advantage of the week-free trial of the fitness app yet? Check it out. It is a one-stop shop for all your fitness, nutrition, and wellness needs. Custom meal plans, personalized workout programs, meditations, sleep programs, community, support, and so much more. You can use it on any device, anywhere, any place, anytime. No equipment needed or all the equipment in the world is in there. There's yoga, there's kickboxing, there's audio-only workouts, there's HIIT training, weight loss programs, prenatal programs, anything and everything you can think of is in the fitness app. And if you go to thefitnessapp.com slash podcast deal, you can get 25% off an annual subscription for $89.99 a year. So check it out and start your free trial today. Welcome to Keeping It Real Conversations with Jillian Michaels. All right, team. Big guest today, Dr. Anshul Gupta, MD, obviously. Dr. Anshul Gupta. No, not obviously. You can have a lot of doctor in front of your name not being MD. Uh, but he specializes in thyroid conditions, team. And his book, Reversing Hashimoto's, is fantastic. Big thank you to Cindy for finding this guy because he's incredible. And uh, we're going to answer your questions. So I, I get them all the time. What should I be eating for thyroid? Should I be on this medication? Should I be on that medication? Is it safe to be on medication? Why isn't my medication working? What's the difference between hypothyroid and Hashimoto's? Do I need T4? Do I need T3? Do I need both T4 and T3? I, I get it. Should I be supplementing with iodine? Should I not be? I could go on and on and on with all the questions. <laughs> and while I do feel like I know a fair amount, I am not a doctor. And I certainly do not specialize in thyroid. So there is some of this that is going to be common knowledge, right? Whenever, whenever I give you guys advice, it's common sense advice that I know can do no harm. If there was a Hippocratic Oath for trainers, I have taken <laughs> it, right? Like eat organic food. Use com- whatever you can. Use common sense with your food choices. Don't overeat. Get your sleep. Exercise consistently. Don't exercise too hard. Make sure to get your all common sense. Don't supplement to treat a condition. Take supplements prophylactically. Things like krill oil, 
things, things like collagen powder, right? Like do no harm. All of this excellent advice that I can feel fantastic about. But, and I certainly don't want you guys to stop asking me questions, but I am not a doctor, as I have said many times before. Um, and the reason I don't want you to stop asking me questions, though, is because it tells me what information you need. And then I can go get you that information from one of the foremost experts. And more and more nowadays, it's pretty darn difficult to find that expert. Yeah. Let alone one that cares. And a lot of people are getting bad advice from their internist because their internist just does not know. Um, you know, I was listening to Dr. Casey Means, who I'm so friggin' excited to have on the show next couple of weeks. And uh, next she year. was talking next year. Holy cow. Wow. All right. Wow. It's that late in the year. And she was talking about even the endocrine society is giving bad information to their doctors of like what a success story wow. looks like and what they should be looking at with regard to diagnosing prediabetes. And she talks about how they're looking at you know, glucose levels in the blood, but they should be checking insulin levels years prior to see if a person has hyperinsulinemia, right? Which is the precursor for being pre-diabetic, which happens a decade prior, can and should be caught. And what they determine to be, it's like, oh, just take your medication, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, you, it's like, not only do you need to find the right person, you got to find, as in the right specialty of doctor, but you got to find the one that is an upstreamist, right? That's looking oh. for the root cause. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Sin. No, absolutely. Uh, years ago, I was... I I went to new gynecologist one time, got my hand, the handwritten notes back and said, Hashimoto's disease should go on Synthroid or something like that. Yep. And I was like, well, what, what, what is that? So I went to an, I went to my GP who sent me to an endocrinologist and they were like, yeah, they did say only take name brand Synthroid because the others, they fluctuate. Wow. I was never told they, when they said Hashimoto's, they said it's, you know, hypo underactive thyroid. Yeah. I had no idea Hashimoto's was something in and of itself. Yep. It's not, it's not just another name for a autoimmune It can type result in hypothyroidism. Yeah. Nobody mentioned that. I know. Nor did they explain to you that it's an antibody problem as opposed to, yeah. it's like the antibodies cause the yeah. the um the lack of thyroid hormone or thyroid hormone conversion but no one's looking at that it's not part of it no, right I, I, like, I know dude i had to it's look it up terrifying. and by the, way, the yep. other person who mentioned it was when i went to a rheumatologist when i had some arthritis after chemo he said um you know you have Jeez. autoimmune markers here don't ever worry about that that's your hashimotos and i was like huh you know but yep. Why did anybody say that in the beginning? Like, Crazy. let's see with your Hashimoto's, not let's go yep. on Synthroid all, all of a sudden. Mm. And what is causing it? Because yes. the, the, the treatment can and should vary. You, you Doctors aren't even giving the right tests. There's a battery of tests you need. They're not testing the different thyroid hormones. They're not looking for the... So anyway, we're going to look at, okay, how do you know if you could be suffering from a thyroid condition? What are some of the root causes of your thyroid condition. 
what are um, addressing, what are some of the solutions to address some of those causes for the thyroid condition? What do you need to know about medications? What do you need to ask your doctor? Everything, all the thyroid things, guys, all the things. And all I'm going to ask of my listeners for this show, <laughs> which is all I think I would ask of you on a regular basis, is to go into this with an open mind and a willing heart. I do not want you guys hanging on to these diagnoses as though it is part of the fabric that weaves your identity into a picture, if that makes any sense. I do not want, I, I, I am hypothyroid. No, we've talked about this, right? Oh yeah, I have a thyroid condition. I'm working on it, period. Because there's a way forward. I see this helplessness, this hopelessness. And it's just, it's no, there's a way forward, I promise you. And look, it's a pain in the ass. And a lot of times when we talk about these things that are a pain in the ass, I think I, I appear to people to, it's like, ah, oh, she doesn't know. I do too. I do too. I had PCOS. It's arguable whether or not I still have PCOS. I've just managed everything so well that it doesn't impact my life anymore. You know, I, I have nodules on my thyroid and I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. I am not taking medication. At the moment, my thyroid is working fine. I, I could, you know, these nodules could develop into something down the road, but right now I have it under control and I'm working to keep it under control and I'm doing everything I need to do, right? So my point is like, I get it. No one's saying it's great. No one's telling you to celebrate it. No one's telling you it's not a pain in the ass. But what I am telling you is that, hey, life is going to throw a bunch of shit at us. If for some of us, it's PCOS and some of us it's thyroid, some of us get diagnosed. My friend just got diagnosed with breast cancer, hasn't metastasized. Thank God. She's 99.9% she's she's going to be okay. It's like every day, guys, every day, because this is life. And I don't know if I ever talked about this. I was watching um, Eckhart Tolle talk. He wrote um, The Power of Now and a New Earth. And for some reason, this guy just really resonates with me. Um, I say for some reason because I tend to try to, sh I shy away from a lot yeah. of those like <laughs> pop culture wellness gurus because I think they speak in platitudes. I think they're full of shit. It's like, oh, just be vulnerable. Well, how do you, <laughs> right? Just, are you kidding? I got oh, a okay. lifetime of coping mechanisms and defense structures. Like, just be vulnerable. Go fuck yourself. Just be, but like, Anyway, I love this guy. And he, he was like, listen, I know you think you're cursed and like you can never get all the stars to align, right? It's like, okay, if your work life is good, your relationship isn't good. If your relationship is not good, your health isn't good. It's like, it's always something. And he's like, we're constantly thinking if I could just fix this, then the, and every time like another, another shoe drops and we think we're cursed. And he's like, and even if you can line up the pieces, right? You can get it all into place. It'll be for a fleeting moment. And then something else goes to hell in a handbasket. And he's like, because that's life. That's the point. That's the yeah. journey. That's the mission. That's, that's, that's how you grow and evolve. And it's just telling you like something else to work on, something else to look, okay, you're ready for the next step. You're ready for the next lesson. So in all of these shows, when we address problems, present problems, we're giving you solutions. Take them. Take them. Use them. Don't fight me on them. Explore. Embrace. Yeah. 
So with that said, we got Dr. Anshul Gupta coming up, talking about reversing Hashimoto's. All right, team. You know I love Skims underwear because I've mentioned them and have been wearing them for, gosh, a little over a year now. So I finally had to try their bras, and Skims has delivered yet again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. Even the underwire bras I wear all day are so comfortable, I barely even notice I'm wearing them. Whether it's the weightless scoop bra, the fits everybody bra, the plunge bra, that fits everybody t-shirt bra. I always get them in sand, so you never notice them. Super comfortable. Love them. Wear them nonstop all the time. Shop Skims bras at skims.com now. Available in 62 sizes, 38 to 46 each, plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know I sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select my show in the drop-down menu that follows. Your business was going great, but now your team is buried in manual work. If this is you, you should know these three numbers, 37,025, one. 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less. Close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Jillian. That's netsuite.com slash Jillian to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash Jillian. Okay, guys, we are back with Dr. Anshul Gupta. And as I mentioned in the opener of the show, if you have Hashimoto's, this is the man. Get his book, Reversing Hashimoto's, because today we're talking about that, but we're also going to be talking about all things thyroid disease. So doc, thank you so much for coming. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me over here. You are doing an awesome, great work. So it's my pleasure to come over here and share everything about thyroid and Hashimoto's. I got to tell you, I got lost on your YouTube channel for hours, consuming all the information you have up there. And as you guys know, that's in the show notes. But in addition, I went and I took your thyroid quiz that you have on your website, and it completely restructured the way I wanted to address this show today, because you have stuff in there that I never would have thought of in relation to thyroid disease. So it gave me like, okay, what's causing your thyroid disease? And, and to be honest, doc, I just thought, well, hormones, that's what's causing it, right? Oh, maybe, maybe I just, you know, I, I did know about not having certain minerals, which could inhibit thyroid function, which I want to get to, but you have things in there like infection, trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I didn't even, I've never even heard of that. So the, the first thing I want to talk about is what is thyroid disease? Because that's kind of a monster umbrella. What does that even mean? That is true. So first of all, let me make this comment. Thyroid disease is one of the most mismanaged conditions worldwide. 
because the way we are approaching thyroid disease is completely unreal and wrong. So the way I, the reason I say that is because there is too much confusion in terms of what actually constitutes as a thyroid disease, right? A lot of people are taking thyroid medicine and they don't yep. even know what kind of thyroid disease they have. They have been told, well, you have your thyroid is not working. You just need to take levothyroxine. And yes. people ask their doctors, what else I can do? Nothing else can you do. This is a death sentence for you. You just have to take this medicine for lifelong. People tell their doctors, I'm not feeling good. Even after taking medicines, something yeah. is going on. Please help me. They say nothing is going wrong. Your numbers look good. They don't even check the complete numbers. And even they, then they say your numbers. They don't. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Why though, doc? What's wrong? Why? So, you know, the medical fraternity, the thyroid disorders, the first time they were diagnosed was that, you know, the first we found out about hypothyroidism, which is basically your thyroid is not producing enough thyroid hormone. Now, this was several years ago. The number one reason at that point for having hypothyroidism was iodine deficiency. So world over, everybody came to know about iodine. Now, you know, iodine was added to different things like your salt, even fortified food. So then what happened over the course of time was that we don't see much iodine deficiency hypothyroidism anymore. But instead, now what we are seeing is Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune condition of your thyroid gland, which is a total different disease. So Hashimoto's is the number one reason of hypothyroidism currently of people. And most people who have a thyroid disorder have never been checked for Hashimoto's. Doc, but Hashimoto's is part of hypothyroidism, correct? It's just, it falls under that category. So when you say it's not the same disease, that's where I think it's super confusing. Could you exactly? It does the same thing though, right? It still means you're not putting in enough thyroid hormone. So, hypo so hypothyroidism in just plain language means your thyroid is not producing enough thyroid hormone, right? And then there but are different be... reasons. Exactly. Got so it. So it can be iodine deficiency, plus it can also be Hashimoto's. Now, Hashimoto's is an autoimmune condition where your body is producing antibodies. Those are destroying your thyroid gland. So over the course of time, it leads to hypothyroidism. Now, the conventional doctors are treating only putting out people on this levothyroxine, which is putting a band-aid by giving them thyroid hormone. They are not doing anything to addressing the underlying problem of inflammation and autoimmunity. So their thyroid is kept on being destroyed each and every day. And ultimately, most of these folks they have to keep on increasing their medicine over several course of years until fine day the thyroid is just not functioning anymore because it has been destroyed by this autoimmune condition. So that's the reason it's very important to know whether you have Hashimoto's or not so that you can take several steps to safeguard your thyroid gland and lower these antibodies so that you, this destruction stops so that at least you don't have to take more medications. Okay, so that's so the reason it is very important to know whether you have Hashimoto's or not and what kind of thyroid condition you have. How do we get that information? Because as, as you said yourself, so many people are just getting levothyroxine thrown at the problem and they're not doing th this full battery of tests. What do people need? And guys, you're going to have to ask for it. I'm sorry to say you've, you've heard it from Dr. Gupta. I've seen it a million times. 
What tests do they need to ask for, Doc? Good question. So again, first of all, all of these tests are covered by all the insurances. Each and every doctor can order it and each and every lab does it. So please don't let your doctor tell you that it will not be covered by your insurance or these are not the normal tests which is recommended. These are recommended to be done. Okay. And now the test that you need to get. So most commonly, everybody will get a test called TSH, which your, all your doctors are ordering it, which is a basic test. But beyond that, we need to know the actual thyroid hormones, the free T4 and free T3. That tells us how much thyroid hormone is being produced in your body and how much is being converted. But then after that, you also need to get thyroid antibodies checked to know whether you have Hashimoto's or not. So the two thyroid antibodies that you need to get checked, one is called TPO, which is the thyroid peroxidase antibody. And the other one is called thyroglobulin antibodies. Okay. So if you get these two antibodies, if these two antibodies are higher than the range which has been shown by the lab, then that's confirmatory that you do have Hashimoto's. Okay. What would cause... Hashimoto's is there what are the components what are the factors that would contribute to this beyond people say, oh genetics first of all conventional medicine still is not very sure what exactly causes Hashimoto's but at least they have come to this consensus that Hashimoto's is an interplay between your genetics and the environmental factors around you okay so that's the quote unquote, at least everybody's agreeing, which is I'm happy with at least that explanation. Now, as you mentioned, genetics changes, you know, depending on the expression, depending on things it get exposed to. So environmental factors are the most important key. So what I've identified is five different big categories of environmental factors, which causes Hashimoto's. The number one is food. So food is medicine. We have all heard that, right? But Wrong foods can also lead to triggering of a lot of autoimmune conditions like Hashimoto's. So foods like gluten, you know, foods like dairy, you know, processed food that we are eating tons of it, tons of sugar that we are eating, all of these things have been associated with triggering Hashimoto's, right? Iodine deficiency can also trigger Hashimoto's, but excess iodine can also trigger Hashimoto's. What about gluten and dairy? If somebody already has Hashimoto's, then for them, you know, we know that gluten definitely can be one of the major reasons for triggering their Hashimoto's. Oh, for those I folks, I always tell them that they should do at least two or three months of a gluten-free period and see how their body feels. Because if your body tells you after two or three months that, okay, well, I'm feeling better, bingo, then your body's already telling you that, you know, there is something which gluten is doing to your body, which is not agreeing with you. So that's a simple way of doing it. But most of my clients, when we work with them, we eliminate gluten, dairy, and we do see an improvement in their antibodies, which is huge. So that's wow. the reason we do feel that even though they don't have gluten allergies like celiac disease or something else, then also we recommend them removing them and seeing how their body feels. Okay. So you say food right. goes under that category, and that one's pretty self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. What else would go under the toxin category, like cleaning products, makeup, things like that? That's correct. So second is toxins. Toxins is one of the biggest reasons for Hashimoto's. Each and every client that I work with will definitely have toxins in their system. 
Now, the toxins, the big three broad categories, one of them is heavy metals like lead, mercury, arsenic, aluminium. Then comes the mold toxins. Now, mold toxins are actually, we are seeing more and more clients being exposed to mold toxins because we have a test to check for it. That's the reason we are able to diagnose it. Previously, we did not have a test, so we didn't even knew about it. And then comes the environmental toxins, you know, all the pesticides, all the organicides, all the environmental pollutants, all the cleaning chemicals, all the chemicals we are putting on our body every day in the morning before we leave our house, you know, especially females, you know, like so many makeups and things have tons and tons of chemicals and they're all getting absorbed directly in our bloodstream. And what happens is that our thyroid gland is like a sponge. Each and every chemical directly goes to our thyroid glands and gets deposited. And that's the reason is just not about individual chemicals. It, it's, it's about collection of all the toxins which we get exposed to over the course of years ultimately leads to the destruction of the thyroid gland. So toxins, definitely a very, very big category that each and every person has these toxins which contributes to their Hashimoto's. So that's right. a big second category. Right. Then the third category that comes into place is stress. Now, obviously, whenever I talk about stress, everybody says, well, stress is a part of our life now these days. But what we also tell people is that, you know, stress is part of our life, but we don't prepare our body for big stressors, right? Especially females, right? The big stressors they go through is that bad relationships, right? Or even pregnancies. We see a lot of females being diagnosed with Hashimoto's post-delivery because what happens is that during pregnancies, there is a big hormonal shift that happens. And suddenly as a delivery happens of the baby, those hormones try to shift again. That's a very big jolt to female's body. And obviously, pregnancy itself can be a lot of, you know, nutrient draining for females, right? So we do see a trigger of Hashimoto's after pregnancy. I've never heard that before. So again, these are things that people don't know about. And that's the reason female keeps on guessing what happened. What did I do wrong? That's the reason I got Hashimoto's. And I tell all of my clients, it's nothing wrong that you did. It's just that, you know, the way things happen sometimes to all of us that can lead to it. But it is very important to know what exactly happened to you so that you can take relevant steps to reverse it and to feel better. So it's not about shaming or naming anybody. You know, it's about knowing what is going on with a person's body. Because, sure. you know, these females are suffering every day. You know, like they Doc, have so Why many mostly symptoms. women? That's another thing. You're saying these females, and I do know it's predominantly affecting women. And it can't right. all be pregnancy, right? Why? Why Is it because we are coating ourselves in makeup and beauty products because women are the ones getting pregnant? But it's so disproportionate. Does it have mm -hmm. an estrogen link to it, possibly? Like, why mostly women? So again, we do see that autoimmune conditions happen more in women as compared to men. So that's where, you know, like there might be a genetic component where, you know, there is a certain genes which predisposes women towards more autoimmune conditions like Hashimoto's. But on the other hand, women's endocrine system is much more complicated than men. We already know that, right? So the chances of that endocrine system going there. I actually did not know that. You're like, we already know that, right? I'm nodding my head. I'm like, no, I did not. <laughs> I didn't know that. Why? Because oh, yes. we have babies? 
No, no. I mean, so, you know, like females, females have several hormones, right? You know, we have these basic thyroid hormones, but the whole endocrine system is like a symphony. Each and every endocrine gland is connected with each other. So if one goes out of proportion, then it affects the other. So in females, obviously, like every month, there is a cycle of hormones, which oh, is happening, like estrogen, God, progesterone, and all those things, right? So I those understand. changes are happening. So Which it is can create dominance. imbalance elsewhere is what you're saying. Exactly. Is that when we go through these shifts, which men don't have these monthly shifts. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. I understand. So exactly. So we call it estrogen dominance. Sometimes we call it progesterone deficiency. Sometimes, you know, like you can call, but these are basically again, imbalances on these female hormones, which directly has impact on other hormones, which thyroid is one of the most fragile hormones in our body. So then again, that gets attacked. So that can I be see. one of the reasons, you know, we don't have a research, you know, any backing it, but I'm just saying based on my experience, I feel that, you know, the complexity of female hormones, you know, is much more higher than the male hormones and the shift that is happening. So whenever there is a shift happening, then there is a chance of it being broken very easily as compared to something which is kind of more stable, right? Got it. And then as you said, Got then it. the toxin exposure of females is higher because of all the makeup products that, you know, uh, females use that obviously causes it. I think there is some genetic component too that females are more predisposed to autoimmune conditions. And then stress, right? You know, again, female bodies... You know, unfortunately, we know that they get exposed to stress a lot more than males, right? Uh, whether it's through pregnancies, whether it's through relationships, wow. you know, females are more emotional. So they take on more like on their own, like they feel responsible first for their parents, then their own family, then they for kids. So all of that is kind of creating more stress, right? So that's the reason, you know, uh, I think females have more higher rate of Hashimoto's. What about infection? Why would, how, what kind of infection? And is that because mm -hmm. it creates physical stress or because the actual infection, the actual bacteria or virus is impacting the hormones? I, what's the infection component? Yes. So there are several infections actually. So one of the infections called Epstein-Barr virus infection or infectious mononucleosis. Yeah. Research has already established that that infectious reactivation of Epstein-Barr virus can cause Hashimoto's. We already know the research behind it. We already know that research has proven it. But there are several parasites in our gut which have also been linked to Hashimoto's. One of them is blastocystis. Now, blastocystis is the most common parasite which is present world over. And there are a couple of research studies which show that a presence of blastocystis in gut has shown to be linked to Hashimoto's. And then, you know, we have other infections like something called candida. Overgrowth of candida, again, can lead to autoimmune condition like Hashimoto's. And then there are other things like chronic Lyme disease and things. We do not have great research studies with it. But, you know, we do see some people chronic Lyme can lead to Hashimoto's. But Epstein-Barr, blastocystis, parasites, you know, candida, they are definitely, you know, involved with triggering of Hashimoto's. How would you know if you have blastocystis, Doc? So we have great stool tests, you know, that we can be done, you know, which look at your gut microbiome, which also looks at parasites, all different kinds of parasites. And a lot of people go to the regular doctors and get asked for the stool test to check for parasites. 
Now, the problem is that, you know, like they're only checking parasites through a microscope. Okay. Now, you know, we don't like these labs are not trained to look at parasites, you know, in the same fashion because they have not seen parasites for a long time. So under the microscope, we miss these parasites a lot. Now we have other methods to look for these parasites also, which includes, you know, like, you know, uh, antigen antibody complexes or checking for their RNA or DNA material in the stools. So that's why some of these specialized tool testing are not only looking through microscope, but also doing advanced testing to confirm that, you know, these parasites are not present. Nutrient deficiency. Now, this one I know a little bit about, right? You need, right. You need selenium and you need zinc and you need iodine. But can you explain this sort of cycle of how you make thyroid hormone and what role these um, minerals are playing and, and have I missed any, what am I, where, is there something else I'm not catching there? Right. No, absolutely. So the thyroid hormone, again, you know, like we can go all the way to the pituitary, which is the master kind of endocrine gland in present in all of our brains. So pituitary produces this hormone called TSH, you know, like, which, you know, goes to your thyroid gland and in the thyroid gland, it tells the thyroid gland, gives the signal to produce thyroid hormone. The thyroid gland actually produces the thyroid hormone, which is called T4, which is kind of the inactive version of the thyroid hormone. Now, this T4 goes out into your bloodstream and then it needs to be converted to the T3 hormone for majority of your body cells to utilize it. So that's the way it happens. So at all different uh, steps, different minerals are needed. So production of the thyroid hormone, we need definitely iodine. Along with that, we need L-tyrosine, okay, which is the tyrosine, you know, like the component of it. Then after that, you know, for that conversion or even making of the T4 hormone, we need some kind of selenium. But mainly for conversion of T4 to T3, we need zinc, selenium, we need magnesium and B vitamins also, B for boy. Okay, so those all vitamins are needed, which are required at different steps in production of thyroid hormone, as well as conversion from T4 to T3. How do you recommend and, we get we get these? Like, I, I don't want people running out getting selenium. I, you know, how? What is the best way? Would you say common sense eating, a high quality multi to fill any gaps, or should they specifically look for foods rich in things like selenium, like a Brazil nut or something? Yeah, I think you know, like uh, we have to be a little bit more specific in terms of the food so that we make an extra effort to get these vitamins and minerals. So as you mentioned, selenium, Brazil nuts are great in terms of if you eat one or two Brazil nuts a day, most of the time you should be able to get enough selenium. For the zinc is more easily available, right? You know, zinc right. is available in a lot of seafood, zinc is available in nuts and seeds, you know, in your Very lentils big. and legumes. Yep. So zinc is a little bit more easily available. Uh, then iodine is, again, as I said, a double-edged sword, right? But I do recommend getting iodine through food and not supplementing with iodine. Because again, you know, as we discussed before, excess iodine definitely can cause Hashimoto's. And a lot of people who are seeing me, they're taking huge doses of iodine on the daily basis. And I tell them, okay, no, no, no. The research clearly suggests that too high of iodine is bad and too low is bad. So right. let's just use it through food. So okay. again, it is a little bit difficult. That's where the whole debate of salt happens, you know, yes. like because yes. the table salt is iodized, but obviously everybody is going through these pink salts and hemolin salts and people want to use them, but they don't have iodine into it. 
So then, you know, I always say, well, if you are that person who can eat a lot of sea feed, like sea vegetables or seafood that, you know, will have a lot of iodine in them. But if you're not a sea vegetable person, because it's an acquired taste, uh, yes. if you don't like it, then yeah. probably the better option is to just get iodized salt, you okay. know? Uh, so then, you know, you have to balance that. So that's where the iodine gets. Um the magnesium and the B vitamins are a little bit more difficult because we don't have great sources of magnesium in the food. And almost a lot of people are deficient into magnesium. So sometimes supplementation with magnesium is not a bad idea. The good thing about magnesium supplementation is that generally people do not get toxic on it. So even if you do magnesium, you know, it is you, there is no toxic limit on it. You can like, you know, people even take high doses of it, but they don't get any issues. But basic supplementation magnesium is good. Same with B vitamins. Now with the B vitamins, what happens is that most of the B vitamins from the food that we get needs to get methylated. That means they need to be converted from the raw form and we need to convert them into a methylated form so that the body can utilize it. Right. A lot of people might have heard of something called MTHFR. That's a very common kind of you know gene mutation. A lot of people have it. Where your body cannot change that uh, food B vitamin to an active B vitamin, which is a methylated version. So that way, sometimes supplementation can be useful for those people, but obviously people cannot know it until they work with like a functional medicine provider or something like that, who can help them determine whether they have that gene mutation or not. And would you pick up those deficiencies in a blood test? So again, we have to order specific blood work. So folate is very easy. You can do it. There is a vitamin B12 test. Okay. But the vitamin B12 test is not very accurate. Uh, it doesn't tell us the exact B12 like levels in the body. For that, there are two separate other levels. One is called MMA level and the other one is called homocysteine level. So those two blood tests are needs to be done. And that tell, tells us about the exact B12 amount that your body needs. Okay, Got again, it. easily available, but most of the conventional doctors will not order it. So again, something that everybody should ask their doctors to order it so that they can know where their B12 status is. Now, the iodine is very difficult to check. We do not have a great test at this point of time to check iodine levels. Iodine levels in blood are not very accurate. We do have urine tests, which again are not very accurate to do it. We do have a 24-hour urine test to check for iodine. Very, very painful test to do because you have to collect your urine for 24 hours. Uh. Not fun. And even then, <laughs> you cannot accurately say... That, you know, that test is <laughs> not fun. Oh my goodness. I yeah. understand. So you just, that's why obviously the, the common sense approach you're using is allowing people to get it in their food. So it's not, mm -hmm. you know, they're not supplementing it and God forbid overdoing it or it, then this ensures that they're not getting enough. All right. We have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I have about a thousand questions for you that I've just. I'm trying to narrow down to 10. We will be right back. Stick with us. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, guys, we are back with Dr. Anshul Gupta. Don't forget, grab his book, Reversing Hashimoto's, because all of this information is in that book, expanded upon tremendously. So in case you don't remember, like, wait a second, Blasto, what I need to ask for? What what kind of antibodies am I looking for? Wait, what medication? Hold on. It's all in the book. So don't panic, as I know we're giving you a lot of information at one time, but it's all broken down for you there. Um, Doc, I want to be selfish for a second and ask my own question, even though I have a million questions from listeners for you, which I'll get to. Thyroid nodules, what, what, why, what is that? And they, they tell me like, oh no, it's, you know, common. I've yet to get an answer as me, by the way. And I say as me, because you know, I have access to amazing doctors and they're Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's okay. They check them, make sure they're not cancerous. Come back. We'll check them again next year. Okay. No, you're good. No, we check your thyroid's fine. You're good. You're good. But why? Right. So that's, again, a very big question. And a lot of times, again, we see thyroid nodules, you know, because the reason is that, you know, again, we are not like looking at all the root causes, the things that we've spoken about, all of them can lead to thyroid nodules also. Okay. Now, the thyroid nodules are basically, again, whenever something is irritating your thyroid, your thyroid reacts to it on different ways. Sometimes it reacts to it in a Hashimoto's way. And sometimes it just reacts on making nodules. Obviously, we want to make sure they are not cancerous. That's the reason the regular doctors are checking the ultrasounds, following, make sure they're not getting bigger. You know, sometimes they need a biopsy just to confirm again that, you know, they are not cancerous. So all that stuff is definitely needed. But then if you ask your doctors, what can be done to improve nodules or, you know, anything can be done to reduce Doc, I got nothing. That's the answer I got. I wonder if maybe it's like, well, they're not growing. Is it from earlier on in life when I wasn't being as diligent? I wonder. So it can be, right? You know, because sometimes there is like growth which are happening. So sometimes to shrink those growths is kind of a little bit of a challenging, right? So the first goal obviously is to not grow them bigger, right? So which all the things that you're doing are definitely helping them not to grow bigger, you know, by following a diet, by making sure you're not putting toxins on your body, you know, exercising regularly, doing stress management things, you know, like making sure you're eating those particular foods, which are good for your thyroid. So all of those things help, right? Sometimes, as I said, looking for those underlying causes, as you said, you know, like whether you have a parasite, whether you have a particular toxin, which is higher in your body as compared to the others, you know, or there are any chronic infections that, you know, has not been addressed. So those things could be useful, but, you know, I cannot say, okay, well, there is this one particular supplement or one particular thing. I know, I'm looking for it. I'm like, what is the magic bullet, doc? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I get it. It's a, it's a holistic approach. So, okay. <laughs> Brace yourself here. I, I'm going to hit you with them as many as I can get, get in, in our time frame here. Mm-hmm. First question. What are the things that may alert you that you have a thyroid issue? Great question. So there are several symptoms that can alert people that whether they have a thyroid issue or not. 
So one of the most common symptoms is weight issues. People either start gaining weight or they're not able to lose weight. Very, very common symptom of thyroid. The second symptom most common is feeling tired or fatigued. Okay, that's the second most common symptom. The third most common symptom is gut related. People either feel constipated or they feel very bloated. Okay, so that's the third symptom of thyroid. The fourth is mood changes that, you know, people feel either depressed, low mood or feel anxious. And then come the symptoms called brain fog. The brain fog is like, you know, the symptom which everybody describes differently. But it is basically feeling that, you know, either you are not able to pay attention to things, either you're forgetting things or you're not able to concentrate on things. You just feel that your brain capacity is not the same as before. Okay. And yeah. then obviously feeling cold, you know, like cold intolerance is one of the things that people feel cold all the time and their hair falling or hair thinning or skin drying. Those are all the symptoms of thyroid. So if you have any of those things, then that should alert you that you should get your thyroid checked. Okay. Um, can you get your TPO antibody levels back to normal? So we can certainly reduce them. You know, coming back to normal is a little bit challenging. It takes time. It is a possibility. Most of the people that work with us, you know, when they check their antibodies, it is like 1,000, 2,000 or 300, while the normal is less than 30. Okay. So to bring them down all over that from 3000 or 2000 or even 1000 to 30 takes a long time. But most of the people who work with us are able to bring the antibodies down to an acceptable level. And then if they continue to do certain things, then those levels continue to get better. So the answer is that, yes, it is a possibility. You know, it will require time. But, you know, like within a short span of time, you can definitely improve your numbers to a considerable level if you find the root cause and address all of those things. Should I be on Synthroid? A combination of Synthroid and T3 or more or just R more? How do I know? So there is no way to know it. You know, like Synthroid um, is the most commonly prescribed medicine, which is the levothyroxine, but that's a right. synthetic medicine, right? That's and only that's T4. T4, right? Okay, yeah. right. Sorry, Doc, go ahead. Right. So now Armour is a natural form of uh, thyroid medicine, which is mainly T4, but still has some T3 into it. So there is some benefit to it. Some people do a combination of T4 and T3 where, you know, like they do Synthroid, which is T4, and then they add something called Leothyronin, which is T3. Okay. So that combination can be done. I would like to make one distinction though. You are a medical doctor. You have an MD degree. You're not a chiropractor giving information about this. Because I and I love I love like I have a lot of friends who are functional medicine guys and they're fantastic at what they do, but they're not medical. They're like, oh, functional medicine, but they're not medical doctors. So I, I just want to stress you have an issue like this. Yes, see, see a functional medicine doctor that is also an MD, like or self doc. So a lot of people are throwing that around, but they don't, they don't have a medical <laughs> degree. Don't do that, guys. So <clears throat> make sure you have a, a person that is. <laughs> is also a medical doctor who specializes in functional medicine and you've covered all your bases. Um, okay, doc, I'm a vegan. Can I eat soy with Hashimoto's? So soy is one of those things, you know, which we know, uh, we as a food industry, you know, like, you know, we just, you know, keep going up and down in terms of the opinions about it. There is a camp which is totally against soy, 
And there is a camp which says, okay, well, some form of soy is okay. So the problem with soy is that the currently the two crops in the whole world, corn and soy, are so much genetically modified that it's very, very difficult to get the real soy anymore. Even though we get a lot of non-GMO organically grown soy, but still we feel that we cannot be 100% sure. And that's the biggest problem with soy that we see. So I... I caution all of my clients. I said, you know, if you can reduce the amount of soy that you eat, you know, we want to do that. Make sure you're eating organic and non-GMO soy. And third thing, what you can do is that fermented soy products are a little bit better. So in that aspect, miso soup or tempeh are better because of our fermented soy, because again, they break down those things. So then again, it is a little bit more safer. So I will not recommend even people with vegan or vegetarian to consume soy on like everyday basis. I will ask them to reduce it maybe two or three times a week. And again, follow those things of non-GMO organic as much as possible. How do I increase my energy levels and reduce long sleeping hours? So it is very difficult because there is like multi-level problem why people with Hashimoto's or thyroid disorder are fatigued. It is not only because of thyroid, actually, it's because of two other structures. One is mitochondria and the other one is adrenals. Both of those are short in people with thyroid disorders. And levothyroxine is not doing anything to fix it. So that's the reason we have to work on specifically your mitochondria and also the adrenal glands. And then the energy levels get better. So there are supplements that can be helpful, but even supplements are a patch for me, like putting a band-aid on fixing the adrenals and mitochondria. We need to find why why the mitochondria is not functioning, why the adrenals are not functioning, what is leading them to not function. That's where that root cause approach is very important because I can put people on adrenal supplements, they will get some energy, but then as soon as they stop them, they're back to where they were. So then I call it green pharmacy that, you know, instead of regular medicine, we are putting people again on these supplements for lifelong. That is not the right approach. We need to find the root cause. Once we fix it, then people don't even need those supplements to keep the energy levels up. I understand. Is the mitochondria issue a result of the thyroid condition or is it exacerbating the condition? Because I know that things like metabolic disease can affect the function of the mitochondria as well. So could something like <sighs> menopause, metabolic disease exacerbate Hashimoto's? Absolutely. As soon as, you know, like there is a big change in the life events. So as soon as menopause hits, again, you know, I talk about like how these are stressors in females, yes. unfortunately, right? Yes. So menopause is again a big stressor because suddenly again a big hormonal shift happens. Several females get diagnosed with Hashimoto's after menopause because again that shift happens and their body gets stressed out. So menopause will cause it, you know, certainly any other changes, whether you gain weight, you know, which again happens with menopause, a lot of females do gain uh -huh. weight that again can cause Hashimoto's. Right. But the bigger issue is that the mitochondrial damage is happening simultaneously when people are developing thyroid disorder. Because all of these things which are destroying your thyroid gland actually also destroys your mitochondria underlying inflammation, these antibodies, you know, like these, you know, like all these deficiencies, all these toxins, you know, all of these infections, they basically hijack your mitochondria, doesn't let it function. So they do destroy it. So they're not only destroying your thyroid gland, they're also destroying your mitochondria simultaneously. 
The right. interesting part, which most people don't know, is that most of the symptoms which are associated with thyroid disorders, whether Hashimoto's or hypothyroidism, are actually symptoms of mitochondrial dysfunction. So if you see fatigue or tiredness, because mitochondria is a powerhouse of your cell, it is the one which makes energy for your body. Right. So fatigue and tiredness, if you don't have mitochondria, they don't function, you get fatigue or tired. Brain fog, the highest number of mitochondria in a person's organ is in brain. That gives you all that, you know, like brain functioning. So again, brain fog happens because of that, right? Wow. Then okay. weight issues, you already told that, you know, metabolic disturbances are because of mitochondrial dysfunction, right? So that again, all these weight issues happen because of that. So that's what I figured out over the course of my several years of research is what is exactly going on. So I figured out actually it's the mitochondrial destruction in these thyroid patients that is leading to all of these symptoms. So once we start fixing that, then people see amazing results and they get God, so much better. Of course. And then the weight gain is remedied and mm -hmm. you have more energy. Okay. That's great. That's why you're here. That's why we, we have experts <laughs> like yourself to, to teach us this information. Um, Doc, I'm sorry. Do you have time for a few, a few more? Sure. Let's go with it. So they want to know if there are side effects to the synthetic hormone replacements like levothyroxine. So can putting a synthetic hormone in your body to control thyroid be as dangerous as living with thyroid conditions? So being a medical doctor, again, you know, like being a functional doctor, everybody thinks that I'm against medications. So I don't think that medications are a problem over here. You know, everybody gets afraid. Okay, well, I'm taking the synthetic hormone. Well, sometimes if your thyroid is destroyed to the point that you need thyroid hormone to sustain, and obviously synthetic levothyroxine is easily available, covered by the insurance, so it is cheap, right? The natural versions are sometimes not easily available. They are very expensive. To find a doctor to prescribe them is very difficult. So I will not say that everybody should stop their synthroid or levothyroxine today and then kind of just stay with the thyroid condition. That can be dangerous. So don't stop your medication on your own. It's very important to talk to your doctor to see what is the best options for you, what is covered by your insurance, what is affordable, and that may make the decision. There are certain issues that obviously some synthetic things that can happen, especially the generic version of levothyroxine. We do see sometimes that, you know, they are not produced in the best of the facility as they should be, right? Sometimes they can be mixed or they can have fillers like gluten and other things into them. Gluten, you know, no which material. is exactly what you said to avoid. There can be gluten yeah. in the medication. Yes. So, oh, God. You know, All right. I'm not saying all the leutheroxin. No, has we don't it. want the generic. Then right. is what you're saying essentially, because that's exactly Synthroid what you said. Is, yes, brand name is definitely better again, but the brand name is not covered by the insurance sometimes and can be expensive, right? So first of all, it's very important for each and every person to know is that by no means I don't want anybody to stop their medicine today. Okay, mm -hmm. it is okay. a very important discussion that should happen with some provider, whether it is your functional doctor or whether it's your MD that you're seeing. Very very important. And then make the best choices. I don't want you to feel that you are doing a disservice to yourself or you are hurting your body by taking the medicine. Please do not blame yourself. Please do not feel bad about it. Medicine okay. is just one way of getting better. If you have to take the medicine, that is okay. But uh, there are so many other things that you can do today to get better. So please focus on all the other things that you can do. But obviously, if you have a choice, between taking a natural version of medicine or taking a branded version, then definitely go for it. 
Okay. Um, Doc, where can people get more from you? Obviously, if you are struggling with this condition, get the book, Reversing Hashimoto's. It's going to explain, like we said, all of the information we've covered in great detail and more. It outlines it all for you. It's a resource guide. It tells you exactly what you need to know across the board. Get the book. And at least, at the very least, when you read the book, you can guide your doctor or know how to talk to your doctor because the truth of the matter is they, unless you're seeing an absolute specialist, one of the best of the best, they don't know. And generally you have an internist who just decides like, oh, the number's law. I'm just going to throw levothyroxine at the problem, which always pisses me off when doctors who like, they don't subspecialize, treat conditions they don't specialize in, whether it's practicing psychiatry or practicing endocrinology when you're neither, you're not either of those two things. You don't specialize in it. So read the book. So if you are dealing with your internist, at least, you know, what tests to ask for, like all the things we talked about today, how to guide your doctor into helping you properly. Um, but doc, where else can they get more from you? Like, where do they go to take your quiz? What if they want to see you? Are you seeing patients? I, I mean, I know you're busy. <laughs> where can they, outside of the book, where can right. they get more from you? Absolutely. So we have a lot of resources that we share with, you know, uh, people so that they can get educated and they can get better. So we have a YouTube channel, as you mentioned, where again, share different videos about uh, different informational videos that they can do things on their own to get better. But we have a website called anshulguptamd.com, which is spelled as A-N-S-H-U-L-G-U-P-T-A-M-D.com. That's where they can find the quiz. This quiz is a root cause quiz, okay? That will help yeah. you to determine those sections of those five root causes that we spoke about and, and tell you actually the score of which, in which, you know, like section you're scoring high. So then, you know, like, you know where your problem is. Now, the good part is that we are a virtual functional medicine practice. So we do see clients from all over the country and even all over the world. Oh, that's so people excellent. are interested. So people are interested in working with us. We have this root cause approach where basically we are going to find your root cause, help you to reverse it so that you can get better on the long-term basis. And you don't have to rely on us or rely on any doctors forever. Because the goal is for these programs to educate you, empower you so that you can take control of your thyroid disorder in your own hands and you can get long lasting benefits, get rid of symptoms, you know, get more energy, better mood, feel happy, feel healthy in your own body. I think I need to do this, Doc. I think I need, I think I need to, when you, I got to sign up or something. I want you to, <laughs> I, I'm going to reach out because I like, I've managed to keep a really healthy weight, but I do have these nodules and my skin does get dry. And there are certain, I'm like, I'm going to pursue, I'm going to pursue, not only am I, if I, if I read the book and taken the quiz, but I think you, you may have to take on a new patient, but I'll, I'll keep that outside of the show for now. Uh, so we've got the YouTube channel, the book, the website, um, Instagram and Instagram at all. You didn't do that one yep. yet. Yeah, we Perfect. do again share a lot of share information on the Instagram. Again, a uh, lot of live videos and again a lot of posts. Okay. So our Instagram handle is again Anshul Gupta MD. So again, easy to find over there also. You're wonderful, Doc. Thank you so so much. Um, please come back because I didn't get to all the questions, and there's so much more we could be talking about when it comes to thyroid. And um, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to you on the side. Shh, don't don't tell me. <laughs> Absolutely, a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. The goal is to help as many people as possible. So, thank you so much. If you're enjoying the show, do us a big favor and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because it just helps us get the show out there, get it heard by more people. We'd really appreciate it.